Thanks for listening to the Chack Insider Podcast today. We're on episode 15. Welcome. We're here talking with Jeff and Kathy Pankin. Now, you think you know Jeff and Kathy, and they've been around for a long time, but you're probably going to learn some new things about them on this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Kathy and Jeff Pankton, thank you for joining everyone here today on the Chack Insider. Thanks for having us. So you guys have been around Chack for a long time. Kathy, you're my administrative assistant. You run my schedule. You basically run everything that has to do with me on the east side of Newton, right? And <laughs> right. my wife runs everything on the west side of Newton. Yep. And you guys, Jeff, you're one of our elders, and uh, you guys have been here for how many years? Uh, about 20 years. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Where, where were you before that? Uh, we were at the, it was at the time called Community Reform Church. Oh, so right here in Newton. Yes. So that's the one that's the way now? Uh-huh. Okay, so you, so you didn't wait long enough at that church, <laughs> no, right? Didn't. Right. Thank goodness you're you're, you're yep. with us and you're here. So you guys have been here twenty years. How many years you've been married? Been married thirty four years okay. in May. So that's like thirteen, fourteen years. Were you at Community Reformed all that time? No. no. Where were you, Jeff? Before that, so we moved here in ninety three when I got out of the military. And so when we first got married, we were married in Iowa City. And then I went in the Air Force for eight years. So we did three years in Germany, five years in Kansas, and then moved here in 93. Well, Germany sounds exciting, but then there's Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tornado (laughs) Alley. So we're in Kansas. Wichita. Wichita. Okay. Is there there like an Air Force Mm -hmm. base in Wichita? McConnell Air Force Base. Okay. You know, I was down there two, three years ago. I vaguely maybe remember seeing the signs for it. And you're like flatlands, middle of the country type of a location? Yep. What are the benefits of having an Air Force base there? Uh, Well, certainly employment, because besides the military people, they do hire civilians. Uh, It was right across, literally across the airway runways from Boeing. Um, So you had, you know, Boeing, who certainly made lots of military aircraft, tied right to a military base. So Boeing is in Wichita? Yes. Okay. Like they a big employer, I bet, in yes. Wichita. Yep, very huge. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Eight years in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So, Kathy, what did you do during those years? <laughs> well, I worked um, at a couple, di- well, several different jobs. <laughs> Raised, uh, our daughter was actually born in Germany. Okay. Um, she was born in the German hospital, so she had dual citizenship until she was eighteen. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. she? She never went back, did she? No, during she didn't. Those, uh, during that time, no, no, she never did. So. And, and at eighteen, does Germany mandate you choose at that point, or is it the United States? I think the United States does. Okay, you got to pick one or the yeah. other. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So my financial secretary in orange city is from germany oh yeah and she one of her kids because she was a german citizen her kids have dual citizenship Mm -hmm. so they can go back and she goes back a lot yeah but yeah at some point her kids are going to have to make that decision yeah and then they won't be able to just go back quite as easily with her as they do now Mm mm-hmm so you you came here from Community Reform 20 years ago. Let's see, what was going on 20 years ago at Community Heights? 
that would have been 1998. Mm-hmm. What what made what caused you to make the shift? Well, we were we had some problems at the church that we were at, and we just decided that we were going to try all the churches in town. And our kids were coming to youth and um, Awana here, and so with a with a friend of ours, and so we decided that we would try here first. Um, we had visited when we first moved to Newton, but um, at the time it just didn't seem like the right fit for us. And we, when we look back, it's probably we weren't ready yet. So we decided to check this out first, and we just never left. Um, I rededicated my life to Christ here, and Jeff was saved here. So you wouldn't even think that you were a believer in Christ before you came to Community Heights? Correct. Would have been a lifetime church attender, but not a believer. So you just never were really faced with the decision of trusting Christ or not trusting Christ. It was just, you just went to church and you never really thought about that. Correct. It was never really presented to, to at least, so I came from a Presbyterian background and don't really remember even, you know, a relationship with Christ really being presented ever, you know, multiple things, you know, baptism. Uh, you know, we attended a church in Wichita where you had to get baptized and to be a member. And we were like, why? We were baptized as kids. Well, it's what our requirements are. Then we come here and there's an explanation of why baptism is an important step in your life with Christ. Oh, okay. I understand now. You know, so yeah, there was never really that relational discussion in the past. So Jeff, where did you grow up? Iowa City. So born and raised in Iowa City. Lived there until we went in the service. So 20, was I 22, I think, when we went in? 22, 23. And you, Kathy, same? No, I... <laughs> I was uh, I was born in Des Moines, and we lived there for 10 years, and then we moved to Cedar Rapids for two years, and then we moved to Williamsburg, and that's where I went to high school, junior high and high school. Where is Williamsburg? Williamsburg is about 45 minutes east of here, right off the interstate. It's where okay. the outlet mall is. Okay, yeah. And how about siblings in your family? I have one brother and one sister. Are they older or younger? Both younger. So you're the firstborn. I am. That explains it, Jeff, right there. <laughs> that explains it all. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Siblings? I have a younger brother, four years younger than me. And you're the oldest, firstborn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Air Force guy. Yep. That explains it, right? <laughs> right? That's really interesting. And, and so as kids, did your parents attend church? Yeah, my uh, parents always attended to church. We were... Um, we were at church every Sunday, pretty much. I was saved as a young child, but my dad was an alcoholic. And so on church, we were the perfect family on Sundays, and the rest of the week, we were not. And so I kind of got a bad taste in my mouth regarding church, and basically I ended up doing the same thing my dad did. Things I never, or I said I would never do, I ended up doing. Kids who have parents who do one thing on Sunday, but then at home do something else, are the kids that don't believe in the God their parents say they believe in. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And then kids that have parents that go to church every week 
that mess up at home, but then tell their kids, hey, I messed up, I was wrong, I apologize. And they're open about their faults and stuff. And they're, they're real and genuine. Even though they're not perfect, but they're real and genuine about it. Those kids believe in the God their parents mm-hmm. believe in. Yeah. And I feel bad for these kids. Well, somebody like you, mm-hmm. you know, who saw your parents go to church one way and almost in the fabric of your being, you, you said, oh, that's, that's not real. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah. But, but eventually you believed. Mm-hmm. You overcame that initial, those initial doubts mm-hmm. and you placed your faith in Christ. Yeah. And how about you, Jeff, uh, go to, going to church as a kid? Yep, uh, I can remember at least as early as third grade. You know, went to a Presbyterian church in Iowa City, uh, what was one of the larger ones back then in Iowa City. I remember third grade because I did music from third grade on. I was always in the church choirs, and and I can remember doing it as early as third grade children's choir. When we, you know, we went every Sunday. I think Dad served as a deacon on the boards, but it was the same kind of thing. You know, my dad as well was an alcoholic, um, and so you know, did the his normal life the rest of the week, and but you went to church Sunday and never missed. See, my dad was an alcoholic as well, but we never went to church. He never went to church on on Sunday. Uh, but but here's what he would tell us: Don't ever drink. Drinking is terrible. Don't do it. Uh, I'm sorry that I do it. I feel bad about it. And maybe not in those exact words, almost in those exact words at times, but. Just his whole, his whole person communicated to us that that he really was trapped in this and felt bad about it and would not wish it on any of us. And that was important for us when we quit. You know, our drinking was the kids were getting to that age where we did not want to be, you know, do what we say but not what we do lifestyle. And uh, you know, after we were saved, it was just like it just needed to be changed and. You know, so that was important for us, having gone through it, that we weren't going to set that same example for them. Did you have a hard time? Like, did you just one day just stop drinking, the both of you, and it just worked? Or was it a process? For me, it was on my 40th birthday. We met with some friends at a bar and, well, it was a restaurant. And uh, that was the last day I had anything to drink. And and that was the last day I had a, a cigarette, too. So... It was pretty much, you know, I think God knew that they went hand in hand for me and it needed to be both ways. And Well, I do declare, Kathy Pankton, drinking and smoking. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I would never have imagined the things we learn on this podcast. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so you, did, you didn't use anything to quit smoking. How hard no, was that to quit smoking? Cold turkey. I, I was very blessed. God just completely delivered me from it. I never, I never wanted another one. How long did you smoke? I smoked from the time I was 16 until I was 40. 24 years, mm-hmm. at least a pack a day? I mean, not when I was 16. Yeah. I didn't smoke that much, but right. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's am- oh, praise God. Yeah. You Amen. Know? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's very and amazing. How about, well, now that we're getting honest here, Jeff. <laughs> Did you smoke? A uh, year and a half in high school. Just for the cool factor. Kind of, you know, and then at that time when I thought I was going to do music as a career, I could already tell it was affecting hmm. me vocally. So I'm like, well, it's got to go. Okay. And I was more of a two or three a day kind of guy, you know, didn't nearly not nowhere near a pack a day type thing. Yeah. Where did you guys meet? How did you meet each other? In a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in a, in a bar in Iowa City. We met, and uh, 
Well, actually, the first time we met was in a bowling alley, but he doesn't remember meeting me there. <laughs> but you remember meeting him. I remember meeting him because he ignored me and was more focused on my friend. Ah. And uh, then we met in a bar, and he wrote down my phone number on his hand and went home and took a shower, and I never heard from him. And it was gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Didn't even know it was there. So. Yeah, he, he doesn't even remember that hardly. And then, <laughs> and then we met again in the same bar. And that night he wrote down uh, my phone number on a napkin, and he called me the next day. And then it went pretty quickly from there. <laughs> Had a date three days later, got engaged two months later, got married ten months later. So, mm-hmm. so like a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. A year and a week. The only reason it wasn't right on a year is because it was Mother's Day, so we didn't do a wedding on Mother's Day weekend. So. And here you are, how many years later? How many years 30, was it? be 34 in May. 34 years later. Wow. So so you've been here at Community Heights for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Have you been on staff, uh, secretarial staff, administrative staff for that long? I've been on staff since 2001. So in June, it will be 17 years. Yeah, just about mm-hmm. that long. Yep. You kind of seen it all mm-hmm. at Community Heights mm-hmm. in the last seventeen years. Yeah, I've seen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, to tell our listeners something that they don't know about Community Heights? What don't they know about the church? If they just come on Sundays, you know, maybe they've been coming for a few years and they're not, you know, really deeply involved. What don't they know about the church? Oh boy. Um, you know, I think that um, people don't realize there is so many people who care here. When we first came here, we had so many people that poured into our lives, and a lot of them are gone now. But I think, you know, we tend to push the older generation aside sometimes, but they're the ones that built this church, and they're the ones that um, helped us in our walk with Christ. I think a lot of people that maybe come here now don't realize those that came before. What it took to be the church Mm -hmm. that we are today. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Give me somebody's name, maybe that's passed on, that's not here anymore, that was really influential. There were a couple, well, there were several People that I can think of right off the bat are Shirley Ray and Helen Wade, um, Richard Bishop, Dick Bergeson. They were people that really were just great examples of true faith. And, you know, they, they were people who encouraged other people that prayed um, for other people that were always talking about Jesus, always talking about Jesus and always excited about Jesus. They were great great examples for us. I haven't asked you about your kids yet. <laughs> you have children. How many? We have two children. Uh, Sean, who's married to Amanda and has two boys. And Shanna, who's married to Tony, and they have one son. Have I met Sean? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Where so. Where do they live? Pella. Oh, they're in Pella. Mm-hmm. They're in God's country. <laughs> <laughs> That's where our daughter-in-law is from. And how old are the uh, how old are the grandkids? Ten, seven, seven and in, what? Seven months? So you had seven months. Almost eight months. Yeah. I'm not sure. I knew you had a ten and a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Sean and Amanda got married at nineteen. So yeah, he, he joined was, the Air Force also. Yep. 
then they got married a year after he went in. So she yeah. married her father. <laughs> <laughs> so he went into the air force like you did. Yes. Did you encourage him to do that, or did he just kind of um, decide? No. So he, he was gonna. <laughs> he had talked about military a couple times. You know, he was a, you know enjoyed school. He enjoyed tennis and things, and was going to go up to Buena Vista to go to school. We took him up there on a visit. He got accepted to go. And I think he started to see, you know, the cost of college and things. And, and he had talked to military once or twice. And so when he was, I did encourage him Air Force-wise. You know, I didn't really see Sean as a Marine or a Navy guy. You know, Army would have probably been okay if he'd have chose that route. But, you know, for what he liked to do and, and for the personality and knowledge that I thought he could bring, I figured Air Force would be good for him. So we encouraged him more that way. What does he do in the Air Force? So he did uh, intelligence. So he originally was going to go in as a linguist and then got to uh, basic training in tech school and they had overbooked that career field. And so they offered him other opportunities. So he did intelligence and and um, so we don't know exactly what all he did because he never could really tell us. But Big secret. Yeah. But he, like he was in, you know, things like the times when you had the original you know, beheading of people overseas oh, right, and stuff. And, right. and he's like, he has seen things and knows things he wished he didn't yeah. during that time frame. But, you know, that's as much as he was ever able to talk about it. Right, right. So he did eight years and then got out as well. So, so what types of ministries have you guys been involved in over the years? Uh, we've been involved in the singles ministry. We led that for a while. We um, were instrumental in getting Celebrate Recovery up and going here, and we're involved in that for many years. We've worked with the youth. We've taught Sunday school. We've been on worship teams. Uh, yeah. I was the choir director for three years. The, we've been involved in small group uh, ministry, both as uh, participants and as leaders. And then, uh, of course, my involvement as an elder, as you mentioned earlier. So. so pretty much basically every ministry in the church, you guys have been involved in, in or out of it. And what ministries are you involved in right now? So you're an elder mm-hmm. right now. Anything else? Um, occasionally we get asked to still help fill in on a worship team now and then. Teach Sunday school every once in a while. Yeah. So yeah. So we've taught adult Sunday school a couple times over the last couple of years. And I visit people in the mm-hmm. nursing home and hospitals and, um, and he comes with me to the hospital sometimes. And a lot of what you do is, I, I bet, after all this time, is through relationships. Mm-hmm. You're connected to people, mm-hmm. and so you spend time with people. You get involved in people's lives. Things that don't go on a back-of-the-bulletin ministry list, mm-hmm. but you're still plugged into the life of the church. And I feel that my job is a ministry. It better be. It's a ministry to me. (laughs) (laughs) To care for the poor and the needy. (laughs) So what's been the most difficult thing you've been through? And you don't don't have to share all kinds of gory details unless you want to, but it may not be appropriate. But what's the most difficult thing you've been through as, as a part of Community Heights Church when it was just difficult and it would have been maybe easy to move along, move on down the road somewhere else? Well, there's been a couple times, probably the first time would have been when the first senior pastor and associate left. That would have been an easy time to move down the road. And why didn't you? Well, because we just, we decided that this is where God placed us until God calls us away from here. This is where we're going to be. 
And I think for me, you know, it's just the recognition that things change. You know, there, you know, maybe it was easier having been military and, you know, in eight years, couldn't tell you how many different bosses you had, you know, because you just get different things. And, you know, in any work setting that can happen and in a church setting, you know, pastors find other places to go or things happen. And so you just roll with the change. And, you know, I probably would have said the same thing, you know, that, you know, having gone through several staff changes, maybe more so on the other side on, you know, elder boards during all those uh, transitions where it would have been easy to say, I'm done. I don't want any more parts of this. And yet it isn't about those, you know, people, you know, I, I didn't follow those people. I we want to follow the Lord. And so if God calls somebody to pastor somewhere else, you know, God bless them and, and, and pray for the ministry they're going to have. Because if he's done that, he's got somebody else to come. And so you just have to, you know, trust through that. And that, that helps build that. You know, if you if you find it too easy to, the road's bumpy, so I'm just going to go, you know, those hurdles that you're going to overcome in life, then, then you're going to do it everywhere. You know, so here, you know, over the years, as you know, talked about relationships, this is our family. This is our home. You know, even when we moved, you know, here out of town this last year, it had been easy to say, all right, we're just going to find a different church to go to. And yet we're like, this is who we love to minister with and where we love to to serve and, and be. So why would you go somewhere else? And and so the the people that you've seen leave, whether it's because of job changes and all that, you know, that's always hard because I don't want to see you go. You know, I want you to stay because you're part of my family, you know, for some of those small groups we've been in, you know, some people that we don't see anymore, you know, that hurts because, boy, you just want to constantly be around them. But that doesn't mean you give up and, and just head out and go somewhere else where it's easy because I don't care where you go, there's always going to be struggles somewhere. You know, there's no perfect church. And what did somebody say before? As soon as you find the perfect church, you blew it because you walked in the door. Yeah. Because I'm not perfect, <laughs> exactly. you know? Exactly. So, um, so you just, you know, you continue to work together, strive together, and keep moving forward. So what do you do during the day when you're not at church? Me? Yeah. Um, so I work at, a, at the Newton Correctional Facility, a medium security prison here in the state of Iowa. What do you do there? Um, what's called the unit manager, treatment services director, official title. So we have five living units, uh, and I supervise two of those units. So I, I'm uh, responsible for the counselors, the officers that are assigned to work there, and then the offenders, pretty much everything that happens with the offenders that are assigned to those units. And how long have you been there? Um, so I've been with the state coming up on my 25th year. I worked there for 15 years. And then I went to Des Moines and worked for the Department of Administrative Services and Human Resources for seven years, and then came back to the prison. So I've been back here coming up on almost three years. Is it hard for you guys because you're on the the church board and you're in the church office? Do you ever find that there's a there's an unholy alliance when you get home in the kitchen? <laughs> you know from this side, and you know it from that side. Um, you know, we've balanced it pretty well, but it can be tricky. I mean, especially when it comes to certain things, you know, like when, when it comes to stuff about salaries or jobs or something like that, you know, he, he's really good about excusing himself and, um, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it can be tricky, but we've, we've made it work out. You're always going to have that balance of you know, when you've got a staff member that's married to a board member, you know, where things can be a little weird, you know, but it's nothing either of us ever push. It's not like, 
like she says, well, you have to tell me what's going on because I work here. And it's not like I say, I'm not telling you anything. You know, it's, it's that professional boundary, if you will, of, hey, we both each know our roles. And ultimately, we want it to be about the Lord, not about us. And so whether it's her job or my elected position, it's what do we do to serve him the best? And, you know, we overcome those uncomfortable moments that there may be. What's your most enjoyable thing, Kathy, when you come to the church? What what do you enjoy doing? Like some stuff you just, you got to do because you have to do, but what do you just really enjoy doing? Um, I enjoy the people that come in and, you know, I, I, I have, I love chatting with the quilters that come in and the card ladies that come in and people that just come in to, you know, to talk and, and. Yeah, I just I enjoy the people that come in, for the most part. There's there's sometimes that I don't enjoy some of the people that come in, but when I walk in the door, <laughs> I totally enjoy when you come in. <laughs> so what's a what's a challenge for you right now? Um, a challenge for me right now um, would be just figuring out how to make things work better in the job and in the church and in the community. You know, we get a lot of calls, people wanting, needing help or money, and those are hard calls. Those are the kind of calls I don't like. Yeah, because you want to help everybody, right? And, yeah. And after all, we're a church, mm-hmm. and you have to try to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, what do you enjoy about Community Heights? When you come and you're here, what's your like favorite thing to do? For me, it's about connecting with the people that I see, you know, the working in a job where you do a lot of disconnect personally, you know, uh, whether it's staff or certainly the clients that we have, you don't make friends a lot, you know, and so you don't have that relational bond there. You've got some, obviously, but not to the level that you could or might want. So then when I come here, I see people that I like to hang out with and like to do things with, you know, that you've gone on missions trips with, that you've served on committees with, you've gone to men's retreats with, and and you get that connection where now I can have a relationship with you and a friendship with you because of the things we've done. I mean, you know, we go clear back to small groups. I mean, that's for us, that's where relationships started. You know, we, we went to the first small groups that they started having here when they, when we first came. And, you know, we had uh, at that time, Pastor Danny, you know, on led our group and I remember seeing him at the gym at the Y and Kathy's like, did you go talk to him? I'm like, no, he's a pastor. Why would I, you know, and not because I, you just didn't understand the relationships yeah. you know, that could be formed. And so, you know, those types of thing, groups, small groups have been huge to us for that because we got to build friends and connect with people, especially not being a Newton Knight or whatever the word would be, you know, and not being born and raised here. That's how we started meeting people here. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, in a church our size, you know, you could be more open and be more real in those smaller settings than you were going to do on a Sunday morning. And, you know, that's, you know, so for me, it's about connecting with them, you know, and, and getting, getting to meet people and, and grow with them. Yeah. I've been asking people when, when we talk, you know, what if you just came on a Sunday, you mm-hmm. just came for the worship service, you know, you came in at, at, at 1025, you got your coffee or whatever, said hello to a few people, walked in and sat down, and then went through the service, and then pretty much just got up, you know, gathered your things, and just kind of sauntered out to the parking lot and left. How, if you if you would have done that, 
and treated the church like that, how how would your lives be different today? Wouldn't be sitting here. Mm. So, you know, so I've told it before. We went to that first small group and, you know, they invited us, hey, we're going to play, we're going to have food and we're going to play croquet. Great. Food and games. I'm there. Uh, they get done. They start a bonfire. We're sitting around the bonfire and they kind of talked a little bit about the message that day. And then they said, okay, we're going to go around the circle and we're going to pray. And I remember thinking out loud, you know, I'm, you're going to want me to do that. I've never done this, you know, and so, okay. And got to me and I did my thing. And, and so then you start doing that every week and you start to think, this isn't so hard. I could do this, you know, where if I had to come on a Sunday, I don't have to do that. I don't, I don't have to pray. I don't, I don't have to grow. I don't have to share what God's doing in my life. You know, you get that opportunity in those settings. You know, if I'm struggling, I can still hide that. You know, I don't have to, you come in the door, how you doing? I'm fine. You know, am I? You know, we're in a small group. You know, if you've got that relationship, you know, somebody can grab you by the shoulder and say, you're not fine. You know, you're not fine. So tell me what's going on. And, you know, those are the things, because that's what helped us grow. It helped us, you know, as a couple, it helped, you know, it helped us as parents. It helped us as uh, followers of Christ to, you know, truly understand what God wanted for us and how to grow together, where if you're just a number coming in a door, you're going to miss that. Yeah, it's like, you know, this is our family. And if you if you did that to your family, if you just came in the door and ate supper and went to bed and never really talk to your family, you would never feel a part of that family, you know? You mean like last night because the elder, elder <laughs> yeah. meeting went so long? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jeff came in the door and you're already in bed? <laughs> <laughs> Still awake. But. <laughs> well, see, that's that's interesting. That's really good. So if you interacted with your with your family at home like you interact with your family at church, but there are some people that don't consider the church, other church people family. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they go to church because it's, I don't know, it's the thing to do. I would hope there's not that many people at Community Heights like that, that just show up because they don't want people seeing them stay home. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to be guilty of not going to church, so they just go. And I suppose if you're listening to this, you're probably not one of those people because you've bothered to take the time to listen to something else that might give you some encouragement or, you know, some building up in your faith. So what you said is really good about the church being family. And I suppose if if, if you haven't thought about the church as your family, mm-hmm. that's a different way. And it's it's an easy way to then know how to act, yeah. you know, when you come to church, know what to get involved in. Just think of the church people there as your extended family mm-hmm. well maybe not your extended family maybe that would be bad <laughs> your loving family and then you know what do you do with them and yeah. and how do you interact with them mm-hmm. so if you could have anything come true at community heights in 10 years what would you want to be true about our church what, what would you think like you know where we're at today so we're in 2018 in 2028 what would you like to be true about the last 10 years here at Community Heights? For me, I would like to see us care so much and so well about each other that it pours out into our community and that people want to be a part of it, you know, that people say, you know, they're just, they just really care, you know, they care not just for themselves or for each other, but they care for other people. I like that. How about you, Jeff? 
for me, um, I would think it'd be that people would look back over 10 years and talk about how committed we were, uh, committed to the call to share Christ with others, committed to the call to serve others, whether it's here in the community, and Kathy said, or around the world, committed during the hard times. You know, it's so we hit a rough hurdle, whatever it might be, but I stay and I, I work through it and I work together, you know, just like a family would, like a couple would, you know, like a marriage would. So, you, you know, you're going to have to hit those hurdles and the world wants to tell you, just give up and, you know, and separate or do whatever. That's not what we, I want to be known in. I want to be a group that we get through those struggles together and, you know, we grow from it, we learn from it and we're better for it when we're done. And, and people see that and then that's what they want to be part of. Um, so that it, it's not just going out and saying, hey, come to our church because of X, Y, and Z. It's them going, I want to be part of what I'm seeing done because of how they're being being loved on, how they see us treating people. What would you guys like to say to Community Heights people as we finish this up, as we land the plane and wrap it up? What kind of encouragement do you have? You've been here a long time, and we have, uh, we have opportunities here at Community Heights to get involved. and we're, we're going to, Lord willing, have a whole lot more opportunities in the future. Um, how, how would you like to encourage our church family? I think I'd just like to say that, you know, if you, if you feel disconnected, then you need to connect. <laughs> you, need to, you need to plug in. You need to be a part of something. You know, find out what that is where, you know, you may have to try different ministries. You may have to meet different people. But there's a place for you here and don't run, <laughs> you know, because you're going to face the same thing no matter where you go. Be a part of the family. And, and not only will they be enriched, but we'll be enriched. Exactly. Because we need mm-hmm. each we other. Need each we other. need each other. That's what the Bible says is, you know, we're all part of one body. And that's not just this church family. This is the body of Christ and we need one another. So I thought of it as, originally a little personal of I just want our church body to know how much Kathy and I love them as a couple, not just as leaders in the church, but as the people that we are, you know, that's why we're still here. You know, as I said earlier, we we moved out of town. It'd be easy to go out of town. Um, It'd be easy to go find another job for her and, and move on. But we love the people here because of how they've loved us and the call that the church has had over the years, uh, the importance it's been in our lives and the growth that we've had. So we want to let them know personally that uh, through this process, if they don't feel that or hear that already through connections that we have. And we're just looking forward to you know working side by side for years to come. However many years God calls us to be on this earth or to be here, there's nothing better than doing things side by side, uh, whether it's worshiping together here, whether it's serving in the community, doing a missions trip somewhere. Those have been such blessings in our lives, and we're just looking forward to continuing to do that for the future. Jeff and Kathy, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, there you go. I hope that you learned something that you didn't know about Jeff and Kathy. And it's been cool. Some of you have been telling me that you've been listening to these episodes. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Find somebody in the church who hasn't listened. 
pull out their iPhone or their Android phone for them and show them how they can listen. A lot of people have really enjoyed these, but some people, they literally just don't know how to listen to them. So go ahead, share this, let them know, and we'll see you next week on the Jack Insider. Insider.